Well, I'm glad we at least got to uh, taste a little of what was going on in the, in the side back over there. <laughs> but um, just a sense that God's really here, huh? This is really cool. I know he says, man, you praise me, I'm showing up. And that a sweet promise of God's that he would really invest his presence in us. And so, um, so thanks for being here. Um, I am, I'm, if you're new, my name's Dave, and I'm a pastor here, and this is my wife, Susie, if you don't know, and so we're excited. <laughs> um, yeah, and very excited to share with you uh, some twists and turns, actually, that happened to us even this week that we want to share with you guys um, today. Um, did you guys like that video, by the way, the, the labor pains video? Yeah. Um, so those two guys uh, are actually from the church we came from in Detroit uh, called Kensington, and they, they, they did that pretty hilarious. But what's interesting is that whole labor pain, uh, thank you moms for going through that, but uh, that labor pain that us guys try to figure out what, that, what that's like, Paul actually uses that very phrase to describe his heart, that he was feeling in his heart and in his soul that much angst for the people that he loved. Um, it's in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. He says, Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Isn't that cool? I mean, Paul's just going, I, I'm telling you, I, here's, here's a couple of things for me that are really neat about that. First of all, is Paul believes with all of his heart that Christ can actually get developed in our lives. Isn't that good news? See, because, and, and again, so if you're checking out Christianity or wondering what, what, is, what does it mean to know Jesus, um, the one thing that most everybody will say is, that's the most amazing person that ever walked the planet. <laughs> and, but the whole teaching of Christianity is that this is what God's plan was, was to have Christ and his life be developed in us so that we can have his love and we can have his joy and his peace that we can have his patience with one another, that we can forgive each other the way he forgave us, and we can accept one another the way he accepted us. And so Paul is saying this. He goes, I believe so strongly that Christ can be developed in you fully, and it hurts like labor pains <laughs> inside my soul. And I want to see that happen so bad. And I, I just want to tell you, I, I feel like um, in the last 10 years uh, that we've been in existence as a church, um, like one of the little phrases I'll say a lot is that I just don't want to tell you about Jesus. I actually want to introduce you to him. <laughs> you guys, I, I want you to know him. And I will say, if I feel a pain like that in my soul, mm -hmm. it's that. I, 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 I hate the fact that there are so many people who've tasted church and haven't tasted Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, and I long, and Susie and I both, just long for you to have that as well. And so... Um, so that's why we did this whole idea about, man, having confidence to be able to approach God, because Jesus obviously had confidence. You should never, once you've received Christ, ever fear shame, ever. You should know that you can go to him to get the help you need anytime. Amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and today, uh, we were going to talk about the fact that you can also have an absolute confidence to know that when you ask for anything from him, he's gonna give, he, he'll give it to you if you ask it in accordance with his will. So here's the scripture. It's 1 John 5. 14 through 15, it says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Is that not an amazing passage? 
Can I just encourage you guys? This is one I've memorized. <laughs> This is one that I use all the time in my own personal prayer life because sometimes I think we can go to prayer and, and we kind of doubt if God's even listening or if he cares. And this one says, no, man, if you ask anything according to his will, he is hearing you. And if he's hearing you, he's going to give you what you ask for. Now, the key to this, right, is most of us, we go to God and we have our will and we want God, we go to prayer and say, hey, God, would you give me my will, right? And you got to see that's not what this is saying. What we really need to do is we got to know what God's will is. We need to seek after it. And then we need to go to him and say, God, I want your will, not mine. And if we're asking for God's will, he says, dude, I want my will to be done. I'll answer that prayer. So we're sitting in our kitchen this, uh, a few days ago talking with a friend and sharing our hearts <laughs> with this, this friend. And, and man, as soon as we got done with the conversation, I just looked over at Susie and I go, you know what? I think we need to bag what I, I just spent hours working on the message <laughs> for, for this Sunday. I said, I think we need to bag that. And I need, I think we need to share with K2 what's really on our hearts. And, and that's what we're going to do today. Okay. Um, something deeply. And what we're going to share with you is a key thing that is God's will for us. Mm. It's a key. This is God's will for K2, the church. And it is, I would say the thing that we have, if we have any labor pains right now, um, for you, um, as, as your leadership, it would be this. Okay, so here's the verse. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. And eventually I am going to shut up, and Susie's actually going to say something. <laughs> I just realized. Probably too much. Once he shuts up, I have a hard time stopping. So look out. All right. So but here's the verse. Ephesians chapter 1. God has made known to us the mystery of his will. And right there, I just, I just, we should just stop. Because again, if we ask anything according to his will, he's going to hear us. Well, here he's going, I've revealed the mystery of my will. Mm -hmm. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, here's his will, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's the will of God, you guys, the mystery of God's will. What did Jesus come down here for? What is Christianity all about? And so again, if you're here and you're wondering, what is, what is Christ, Jesus all about? What is this Christian faith about? There it is. And, and I want to tell you why that's so exciting is because we all know that every human heart longs for unity. You guys, it's our brokenness that is destroying the world and destroying our own hearts. It's the brokenness in our marriages and our relationships with our kids. It's the fractured relationships you have at work that you have to go mess with every single day. You bring it to a global aspect. The wars in this world, it's all faction. It's all division. It's all brokenness. And what God did is he looked down to this world and he said, this is not what I created these people to experience. My will is to unite everything. Can you imagine if everything in the world was united? Oh my gosh, it'd be beautiful. And so where it starts, though, is with the church. And, and so that's what we want to talk to you about today, is that God's will for us right here at K2 The Church is that we would become one, that we would be unified with each other. And it's so cool, and we're just going to kind of pick that apart. And mm -hmm. so before we do, we're just going to pray and ask God to come and open up our hearts and our eyes, because if we can grasp this, you guys, this will change everything for you and for us as a community. So let's I'll do it. pray. Father, thank you. My heart is so full as I look out at all these beautiful, wonderful souls. I'm so grateful just to be in this room right now. 
And I know, Jesus, that that's just a corner of what you feel when you look at this room full of your people, full of people who need you. So I ask um, that during this next 20 minutes or so, you would come in a, in a powerful way. You're here. You've been here. But Lord Jesus, would you please open our eyes, open our hearts, um, help us to listen to you as you speak to us. Help David and I to listen even as we're speaking so that it's not our words, but it's what you want to say to your people because you are the only one who matters here um, for us. You're the bread of life and the water that we need, and we ask that you would fill us now. Um, Please take whatever we we have Mm -hmm. and multiply it and bring this to life in our hearts and in our body. In Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys, I, I um, mm-hmm. just really join in Susie in that prayer, man. Because if, if, again, if we, can, if we can understand the beautiful thing of what it would be if God could actually unite your marriage and you could be one with your spouse, if you, if you could experience that with your family, this, this is life to its full. So what happened for Susie and I is um, some of you guys know we, we taught through the book of Ephesians um, just a few months ago. And love that book. Um, studied it in seminary, right? Did my Greek training in, in the book of Ephesians. And I, I, if, I, I probably memorized more verses from the book of Ephesians than any other book because it's, such a, it's a, so rich and full of stuff. But when we, when we went through it this time, it's like, oh my gosh, God opened my eyes to stuff that I, I'm like, I never saw it this way. And, and that's so cool. I, did, I just love it when he does this. So what happens is you get to this right at the beginning and God goes, you guys, my will for you is for you to, to experience oneness, to be unified. And so all of chapter one, all he does is talk about that's what Jesus did. The first thing Jesus did was unify us back to God. So here we all are. We're all running around. We're doing our own things and we're separated from God because we're not following his ways. And so Jesus is like, okay, well, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna take care of your sin. I'm gonna take it away. And I'm going to fill you with my spirit so that now you can actually have oneness with God. And then once we get the oneness with God thing going on, then he goes to chapter two and he talks about how Jews and Gentiles, they hated each other, man. These were the two people that just despised each other. And he says, and through Christ, he's made those two groups of people one. And then he gets to the church and he goes, and now in the church, I've unified you. And then he gets to chapter 5, and he talks about marriage, being one. And then he goes to chapter 6, and he talks about family, being one, your work relationships, being one. So the whole book is actually God just trying to help us to understand the life I've created to you to live is in absolute unity with each other. And then I never saw this, because if you've read the Bible, if you've been in church, for those of you who haven't, there's a very clear section in Scripture that talks about the fact that there is spiritual warfare. I don't know if any of you have experienced spiritual warfare. It's, well, apparently you have. Wow. Okay. Maybe we should do a series on that. Yes, we should. I see. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Well, now, but it's, I'm, okay, that's really cool that you all feel that so strongly. Interesting. Now, check this out. Where does the Bible, when did that come, the teaching on spiritual warfare? Right after all the teaching about unity. So here's what you can know. Anytime we seek to be one with each other, the enemy is going to come and fight that. 
He's going to do everything he can, man, to destroy your marriage. You guys need to know what the scripture tells us is that our, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. There is a spiritual war going on. So some of you, this is good news, right? That means you can go home after today and look at your spouse and go, you're not my enemy <laughs> because it feels like it. But here's what you need to know. When that criticism and your judgmental spirit comes up and your anger rises up and your bitterness and your inability to forgive, all that stuff the Bible says is actually demonic. Selfish ambition is demonic. Why? Because the will of God is for you to be one. And so the, the whole spiritual warfare is to do everything he can to keep us from being one with God and to keep us from being one with each other. So that is, that's a real quick overview of Ephesians. Yeah, way to go. It took eight weeks to get through that as a, <laughs> as a class. <laughs> so Woo! all of you who are in the class are like, wish yeah. you would have done that that quick. Then. Yeah, no, no, all that right. was so good. So, but what we want to address with you guys is we need to understand this here. If you and I will be one, there's power here. There's power in this, okay, as a church. So Susie's going to dive into that a little bit yeah. and take us through that journey. And here's the interesting thing um, is we are one. Mm. Um, he makes it very clear in Ephesians as you read it, and, and I wish we had time to read through the whole book today. That would be the best. <laughs> um, but, you know, in, in chapter 1, it's 23 verses long, and 21 times he says, in him, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in the Lord Jesus Christ, for Christ, in Christ, in him, for him, in him. You get the point? <laughs> Paul likes to really kind of emphasize <laughs> exactly. things. Exactly. So. It's not too hard to figure out. Um, so unity is not uniformity. Unity is not conformity to each, you know, so that we all look alike. Unity is Christ. He is the one in whom everything in heaven and on earth gathers together and is held. Colossians says he holds all things together. Thank God he can hold us together. And it's in him and in that context then that the book of Ephesians addresses us. And here's the cool thing about the book of Ephesians. We read it in our individualistic Western mindset. And we see, you know, Paul saying, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, and God made you alive together with Christ, and for by grace you've been saved, and all this stuff. And we, we're thinking individually. We're thinking, that's what Jesus did for me. And it's true. But if you look at the Greek, the word you is a plural. It should be y'all. <laughs> or you guys, or you if guys. you're from Michigan. Um, Paul is writing not to individual believers. He's writing to the church. And if you've ever given your heart to Christ and said, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and my Lord, and he's in you, that's you, plural. This is for us. And you are no longer in Christ, a separate island out there somewhere you are a part of something and Paul gives us some metaphors to help us begin to kind of wrap our minds around this idea of what it means to be in him as one one body one household and one home one dwelling of God and that's what we're going to look about real quickly here in chapter two um, 
Thank you. I was like, oh no, I forgot my glasses. I do that all the time. Um, <clears throat> the end of chapter two. He says, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. If we had time, as we did in our class, to pick this apart word by word, um, I can't tell you how precious that is, but I want to focus on a few things. First of all, it says that we're members of God's household. And in the context of chapter two, this is huge because what he says earlier in chapter two is you were choris Christo, which means separate from Christ. You are atheo, which means without God. But now by what Jesus has done for you on the cross, you are members of God's household. And that word in the Greek is particular to members of the household, not loosely connected, but it's really had the notion of being blood kin. To be a member of God's household by the blood of Christ. We are kin by blood. And whose household? Some of us grew up in really funky households. Maybe all of us. I was really. say, did anybody not grow up in a <laughs> funky house? I know. I know. He's married into a funky household, that's for sure. We all are. Um, but God's household is, is meant to be different, and it is different. Um, and then it goes on to say um, we're being built into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Um, the word for build, there's different words for build in the Greek, I guess, but as we're reading this, I discovered that this word for build particularly means the word for building a house, oikodomo. It's the word for house. So you're a part of a household, and he's building us into a house, which is a dwelling of God in the spirit. And that word dwelling has the idea in the Greek of settling down, settling in, putting down roots to stay. God is building us into a place where he wants to settle down, put down roots, and live. You know, two weeks ago, we talked about the temple of God in the Old Testament. No more is there a building built by human hands. We who have given our hearts to Christ with all of our crazy kookiness, as mixed a bag of rocks as we are, we are becoming, have been made into and are being built into a place where God lives, which is why we need each other, which is why unity matters. Because if you are as an individual trying to know Jesus, trying to figure out who God is, and you're doing it without being connected in community with others on the same journey, you are not reaching full maturity in Christ. That is something we do together. And that comes to the third metaphor, the body. Uh, he, he talks about that particularly in chapter 4, but he says we're a body. We're the body of Christ. And the body, as each individual part does its work, builds itself up hmm. in love. <clears throat> Should I read that or can I just go on? Okay. Um, so here's the deal. I gave birth to three very beautiful children. And what's beautiful about them is, is like nobody else may look at them and think they're as beautiful as I am, but I'm, I'm aghast with how gorgeous they are. 
Their bodies are amazing. And you know what's cool? Is when Mariah grew up, it's not like she had one leg reached full maturity and the rest of her was still an infant. <laughs> that would be really weird. Um, no, her body is now a 13-year-old young woman who's freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> freaking us out. <laughs> um, and how did that happen? The body, her body, joined and held together as a body through systems and ligaments, fed itself and grew itself, and each part did its work so that she's now becoming this full-grown woman. Hmm. And, and so many times, I feel like in the Christian world, in the West, we think that I can do it on my own. Hmm. And Paul's saying, absolutely not. Yep. So here's the deal, and David already brought up the spiritual warfare. For whatever reason, whether it's, um, and we're going to talk more about that, we, we have to confess to you that for 10 years at K2, um, it's been really hard at different seasons to see this lived out in our midst. And um, I know it's been a hard journey for many of you <clears throat> sitting in here. And for some of you, it's been a great journey. For those of you first-timers today, welcome. Welcome to our mess. We're going to get a little vulnerable here. So um, I'm going to hand it over. Well, uh, do, you guys, do you guys get this? I mean, though, this is such a beautiful thing. That, and, and we always say you don't go to church. You are the church. Mm-hmm. And, and in America, we go to church. And I, I just got to tell you, they're, they're, that's one of the, the schemes of the enemy, I think, is, is to dupe us into thinking, if I go for an hour to a service and then go home, I'm going to grow in my relationship with God. And you might have some things happen, but you will never experience maturity unless you do it together. That's, that is point blank God's plan. It's the mystery of his will to un, un, unify us. And so for us, we're like, yeah, we got we to give ourselves to this then. And, and when I think about this, you guys, there is, there is a spiritual battle to this. And, 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 and it's huge. And why? Well, because if we actually love each other, then the world's going to know. And I, I just got to tell you, uh, so here's my confession. I, I could, <laughs> we could spend the next day and I could mm-hmm. f- confess to you. But um, I, I've told you guys from the beginning, man, if there's any guarantee I give you as your pastor, I'm going to let you down. Like, I just, I know I'm a human. But, but at the same time, I desire this. I, I, so when I make mistakes, it's like, okay, well, let's keep going. And I just want to say, like when we moved out here 10 years ago to start K2, all I could think of was like, there's a whole valley. I'll stand at the side of the mountain and look over the whole valley and just go, there's so many people here who have yet to know how much God loves them. And, and, and K2 is coming here to reveal this beautiful grace of Jesus and, and let people know. And so Jesus has this uh, a story that he talks about as a shepherd with his sheep. And he goes, if a shepherd has 100 sheep and one of them is lost, he would leave the 99, right, and go after the one. So I was like, yeah, man, leave the 99 and go after the one. But then when you get the one, what do you do with it? Yeah, you bring it back to the 99. <laughs> and, and sometimes I just kept felt like, well, let's just go get the next lost one. Let's go and get the next lost one. And as, as a pastor, I think what I realized was sometimes our commitment has been so strong to let people know about God's grace that sometimes I feel like the body itself has suffered in really having the love and the care and the connection that we do. 
And here's what God is revealing to me. And I, and I don't know about you guys, but usually when God tries to get my attention, he's usually pretty gentle initially. You know, he's like, hey, Dave, got something I want to let you know. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, and then you don't really listen. So the next time, you know, he comes up and goes, no, seriously, Nelson, I got something I want you to know. And you're like, oh, okay. All right. And then you don't really listen. And then he's like, anybody ever had God slap you upside the face a few times trying to get your attention? And I want to tell you right now, I feel like God has pinned me to the ground. No, seriously, I mean this, Nelson. You're not taking one step forward until you make this reality happen. The mystery of my will was to make K2 the church one. The mystery of my will is to unite the people in this church. I got to tell you, man, it is not okay to God that we are separate from one another. There's cool pack. There's, there's some really cool life together groups. There's some neat unity that's happened in pockets. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, God wants us to go to a whole nother level that when we walk into this building, we are loving each other. We aren't coming to a service and going home. We are loving each other. We are caring for each other. We are pouring into each other's lives. Because what Jesus said, I haven't said this yet right here. It's the fourth service. I forgot what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't so, know. So Jesus, right? Because if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us and then we have what we ask for. So Jesus no. prays in John 17, at the end of his time here on earth, he goes, Father, my prayer is that all of them would be one. This is Jesus' prayer for us. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I in them and you in me, listen to this, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I, just feel, I love that verse. But somehow I was looking at the unity of the whole valley instead of the unity of us right here. And I want to tell you guys, if you and I will love each other, forgive one another, accept one another, unite ourselves, and start experiencing unity together, you know what the whole rest of the world whose relationships are falling apart and who are breaking and who are wounded and who are scared to death because they see the world shaking all around them, what would it be like if they actually looked at the church and goes, how do you guys do that? See, but what happens is most of the time the world looks at the church and goes, God, I want nothing to do with that. Because what are we doing? We're bickering at each other. We're, we're judging each other. We're, we have critical attitudes towards one another. And I think the world has just looked at the church and goes, well, that ain't the answer. And Jesus is supposed to be weeping because, no, we are the answer. <laughs> and, and there's a great quote. I'm not going to read it. But it basically said, most of the time we say, hey, don't look at the church. Look at Jesus, right? <laughs> but Paul, his whole plan in Ephesians, through Christ, God's plan was, no, I actually want you to look at the church. Because those are the people who have received my spirit and now love each other with a supernatural love. You guys following this? See, and if we, and I just, I am so sorry, man, that I think we had such the pedal to the metal sometimes on the mission that we forgot the mission is actually accomplished together as a family who deeply cares for each other and loves one another from the heart. And then the world's going to know, wow, there's something supernatural in that community right there. Yes, that's, that is what needs to happen here. And so here's the deal. We got, we, 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 we've been working, and I just want to tell you, this has been the biggest enigma to me because we have had amazing people for 10 years pouring our lives. I pour, we poured our lives into this, and I can I just tell you, this ain't the Midwest. We aren't in Kansas now. anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore, or Michigan. We're Michigan. So, but I'm serious. 
It has been amazing to me how many people in this church have been connected, been in serving teams, and still feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Can I tell you, man, there's something funky in this valley. I believe with all my heart, I'm telling you, I think there's something funky spiritually in this valley that isolates people from each other. And I don't get it. It's very frustrating, though, to me when I see what God's will is. And I do believe this. I do believe that Jesus Christ is more powerful than this. And so we've got to fight, right? That's why the spiritual warfare is at the end of unity. And I'm asking you, would you fight for us? Would you fight for this church? (laughs) And the biggest way you can fight for this is apparently to pray that this will of God would be done. Because if we pray, and we, it's obvious he's revealed the mystery of his will is for us to be unified. And if we pray anything according to his will, he's going to hear us. So if we pray and pray and pray and ask God to unify us, he's up there going, finally, yes, that's my will. I'm going to do it. And can you imagine a body that just rocks at the core because we're known because we love each other? deeply from the heart. And so here's one of the things that's happening in light of that is Lad, you know, who was, he, by the way, you know, way before he even made his decision to go to Ohio, he and Crystal following Jesus to Ohio, we had already met with, with him and he was just overseeing so many things that he had so many plates spin in trying to do his leadership stuff that we were already saying, man, we got to split up our life together, community stuff from the out there stuff. It's just too much. And so we've been talking for months, meeting with our boards, talking as a staff, and I just want to announce to you today that this is what we feel like God has really laid on our hearts, and that is that my wife, Susie, is actually going to go on staff with us for 20 hours a week and commit herself to developing the life together here at K2 The Church. So, yeah. And I... um, Now, before you go. Okay. So, and then I'll let you... No, and I I, I just want to say this. This is not like, oh, wow, the pastor's wife gets to be on, you know. um. (laughs) What did you just do? (laughs) I told my friends to shoot me if I ever married a pastor, so I'm still not. Candace calls me PW. I'm still not getting used to that. I am Susie's dream killer. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, but, no, no, you guys need to know, like, when I met her, she, she had been on staff directing a campus ministry at the University of Montana for nine years. She is trained out the gazoo, whatever that means, she is. She's been equipped for this. In fact, when, right before I met her, she just accepted the regional position over the whole Northwest for, for crew ministry. So, I mean, um, and, and God has, I think, because of our little kids and because I, I need a lot of help, <laughs> that the God was just saying, listen, she ministers, has always ministered to women. Many of you have been recipients of that, but not leadership. And just within this last year, we feel like God is starting to release her to do leadership. And I, I just couldn't be more thrilled um, to have you. Thank so, you. Thank yeah. you, sweetie. Awesome. Uh, I think what I want you to hear from me is, and the, the reason we started in Ephesians today is... Um, as I step into this, my fundamental understanding is that we are His hmm. and that we are one in Christ, but somehow as a body we grow into unity in Christ. It's both hmm. and. Hmm. And as we were teaching Ephesians, we had the f- refrain, just be who you are. Hmm. And somehow we need to be set free to be who we are here at K2. And um, part of that is all of us hmm set free to be who we are together. Hmm. 
because in chapter four, he makes it very clear. He moves from the y'all to you as each individual part does its work. And I believe part of where we've fallen short, well, first of all, on our first day opening the doors, we did not expect 600 people to come through them. And we've been playing catch up ever since. Mm -hmm. And um, that's caused a a lot of, I think, a lot of frustration and suffering because we've, um, so many of you have poured out and given yourselves wholeheartedly for so many years. And uh, we haven't been able to apply chapter four where it says those who are teachers and pastors and apostles and prophets and shepherds are to equip God's people to minister to each other. Hmm. And so my heart's desire stepping into this role is to, um, I don't know what it's gonna look like. I certainly know it's gonna take my whole life commitment to this but is to help God's reality that already exists kind of come to the surface to minister to you and to equip you to minister to each other because that's the life of Christ it's not about whoever the pastor is doing all the work the word minister in the Greek simply means household servant and it's a servant who stood in attendance. If you could imagine David and I, there's somebody sit standing here in attendance. If I say, go get me a bottle of water, they do. That's what a minister is. And that's all of us. Yeah. If you have given your heart to Christ, somehow <clears throat> your role matters. And I believe you matter. And I'm going to do my best to um, walk into this mess. <laughs> beautiful mess of beautiful people mm-hmm. who somehow... By the grace of God, God is doing, um, just bringing a, a new season for us. And thank you for all the years that you've given. Um, thank you for all the years that you've hung in there with us. And I want to say too, lastly, um, I know that I was trained really well <clears throat> in crew. I owe so much of my knowledge of the word to those who poured into me. I live and breathe this because this is how I was raised in Christ. Um, I know that so much of what God did, though, in those early years was to prepare me to be the best wife I can be for this man. And I've <laughs> I have spent the last 14 years learning and coming to cherish the fact that apart from loving Jesus, the greatest call in my life is to be his wife. And it is a privilege bar none. And so stepping into this role for me is an extension of that. Um, together, we are loving you. And, I, and partly through his influence and through, um, I've kind of c- gone from being this crazy missionary-hearted person who wanted to move to the mountains in Nepal to being um, a stay-at-home mom who would lay down my life for the people of God right here. And, um, and I believe that the last 11 years going through some of the trials we've been through at K2 and some of the struggles and the sorrows um, has been more equipping for me to step into a role to serve you guys than all the 10 years I had with crew before that. Um, because out of brokenness, we can minister to the broken. And that's who we all are. So thank you guys. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Mm. So, so you guys, I, I just know, like, even as we move forward, you know, and we've, 
you know, even with the building, we had somebody, a good friend came over to lunch Sunday or uh, Wednesday and we were yeah. sharing this with them. And, and they said, well, that's all, well, what does that have to do with the building then? Like, why are we going to a new building? You guys, and we were like building schmilding. Yeah. You know, a, a building, we just need a new facility, you guys, because right now, half of your brothers and sisters are over there. Like, we so wish we all could just be in a room together. I wish I would have experienced worship with you mm -hmm. instead of having to run back and forth. It's just, so actually, a new building is going to enhance our community. And, and when the service is over, I want to hear, let's all try this. Let's all try to have community in that lobby, right, <laughs> and when, the, when the service is over. All 400 of you. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't do it. So, yes, it's going to enhance our community. It's going to have more opportunities for this. That's all it is. It's just a building. But the heart, the birthing pains in us is if we keep going together and we start loving each other like this, you, together, that's the only way, again, mm -hmm. as Susie so beautifully shared from Ephesians, you are going to grow. You are going to grow, but only together. And, and you're going to know Christ more. He's going to be formed in you. He's going to develop. And the reason it's together is because all God's stuff is about love, mm -hmm. Right? So love each other from the heart. And man, I, I just, I, I just I'm, I'm thrilled. I, mm -hmm. I just can't wait to see what God's going to do. But it's going to take every one of us, every one of you in this room, mm -hmm. we all got to jump in and be the body. Whatever parts you are, be it. Mm -hmm. Be what you are. Mm -hmm. And let's unite ourselves and watch God's will get done. Mm -hmm. All right? So let me pray. Lord, thank you for Jesus who takes away our sin. Thank you that you, we are forgiven for all of our selfishness and all of our selfish ambition, which always causes conflict and quarrels and fights and division. And we realize, God, that all of that is demonic, literally demonic, because it is the antithesis of you. You are all about peace and oneness and unity. And we thank you that Jesus came to destroy sin within us and to also place within us the Holy Spirit of God so that we now have a spiritual power to live in oneness with each other. And God, my prayer, because <laughs> you said ask, I'm asking, and my prayer right now is that you would unite mm -hmm. K2, the church. I pray, God, that you would make us one, just like Jesus prayed. I pray that we would accept one another, forgive one another, love one another deeply from the heart, so that our oneness reveals the glory of who you are to the rest of the world. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that this is what you came to accomplish. God, thank you for revealing the mystery of your will. You really do want to take the broken things and make them beautiful. And my prayer is that you do it right here in our midst. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right.